Well, hello, everybody. We're back. Yes, we're back. It's like a new signing, isn't it? Not been out, been out for ages. And the Sky is Blue podcast, which we've got a new name today. It's that Our Frost Covers Are Better Than Your Frost Covers podcast, uh, which we were going to do a free Wrexham thing. Hey, well, you know, supporter donations do, do come in useful every now and again. And I wonder just how hard they've tried to, uh, to, to save the match. You know, you never know. Long trip back from Eastleigh the other day. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, uh, Phil Tooley, Paul Fisher, Stuart Basson and Daryl Carpenter here to talk about whatever Chesterfield have been doing since we last talked about a podcast. And Stuart been doing pretty uh, pretty well. Let's forget what other teams are doing in the division. More than two points a game, more than two goals a game into the third round of the FA Cup for the second consecutive season. And uh, unbeaten in the FA Trophy in the Derbyshire FA <laughs> Cup as well. <laughs> hey, things are going well. Well, you could almost say that you, they couldn't go better, couldn't you? But obviously, you look at the league table, and they're also going well for a number of other teams. It's just our rotten old luck, isn't it, really? But uh, Yes, in, in all that, we um, equaled a 91-year-old club record uh, just prior to the Halifax game by scoring in 22 competitive first-team fixtures from the start of a season. Oh, um, wow. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Halifax was, was goalless for us, so that meant we only equaled it rather than broke it. I kept quiet about it because I didn't want anybody, and there are people on this very podcast who would accuse me of being a Jonah if, uh, <laughs> if I'd have mentioned it on my Twitter feed. Well, to be, to be fair, I have prepared a clip of the Magnificent Seven theme. Ah. <laughs> so That's two, not the but, first time you've done that, Phil, is it? Either? <laughs> 2009 was the last time I did it. It was on a CD then. <laughs> And that didn't work. Well, mm. that didn't work either. I can't. Mm. I can't remember who we didn't beat. Might have been somebody that older shot or, or somebody that we should have mm. beat. Can't quite remember. It put at Saltergate days. I remember. But yeah, a remarkable statistical season, Stuart. But it, it, it still needs to be more because of Notts County and and Wrexham, of course. Well, it, it does. Yes. Um, uh, where are we going to get more from? You know, we're playing well. Um, we're, you know, we're beating teams. We are, as you say, more than two points a game as an average, which is a very difficult thing to actually better. Um, but it just happens that this season there are one club who's bought really wisely and appointed a good manager by the look of it, and another club who, who, who we know just sort of throws money at it and, and buys sort of bigger players for their bigger boots and long throw game. Um, and then there's Woking just behind or occasionally mm. just in front of us, you know, who must also be having a, a more than two points a game season. Um, I suppose, well, there are some terrible clubs at the bottom, aren't they, which evens it out. Uh, and that's where all the extra points come from. Um, can everybody sustain it? That's the thing. You know, yeah. as long as we sustain it, then we give ourselves a chance. You know? Yeah, Paul, just picking up on, on some of those... Uh... Those points, really. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the clubs at the bottom, Scunthorpe and Oldham, having come down from the EFL last last season. But, you know, the, the, the games that were lost when everybody was sort of uh, doom and gloom, Mainnet, Dagenham and Redbridge, easily, those three on a bounce against teams that, to be honest, everybody was expecting to get more than that, beat them all, really. But the, the, the sustained form has been there all season, apart from that eight-day period, hasn't it, Paul? Yeah, that that week was a real strange one, wasn't it? You know, um, 
just I don't know, just they came up a cropper against two sides that worked harder than than they did on that on that day. And then obviously down at Eastleigh we got done with a a ninetieth minute goal, didn't we? And it could have gone really took a point from that game. I think either side should have taken a point, but but yeah, it's just a real bad week and I'm just hoping that that, that week doesn't affect them, you know, in the latter stages of the of the season. I'm hoping that Wrexham and Notts County have that one week where they they uh, they come a cropper against some sides, you know. So because um, they've set the the standard so far, and you know, so many so many records being broken this season, and we're still in still in third place, you know, trying to get uh, trying to push into that top two. It is quite quite amazing. But Daryl, I mean, before a ball was kicked, ask anybody who knows anything about the National League, and they said. Well, it's between North County, Wrexham and Chesterfield. And the fact that Paul just mentioned, <coughs> or Stuart mentioned about Woking being next, you know, we look over our shoulders <coughs> place and you don't necessarily, I'm not saying it won't happen, but you don't necessarily see, an, see a challenge for the top three coming from anywhere else, do you? No. Um, I mean, if you look back to this time last year, Stockport, who had been pre-season favourites, had had that really iffy start under Rusk, hadn't they? Uh, I think Challoner had come in and in November time, and they just just started to pick up. But I mean, they were well down the table. They might have even been sort of tenth or twelfth, and then they went on that ridiculous run uh, from nowhere and just kept it going, kept it. They had a little blip towards the end where they wobbled a bit and then almost fell over the line, didn't they? But uh, I don't see another team in the division this year, a la Stockport. I just, I just don't see it. I think Solly Hull are a worse team and squad than they were 12 months ago. Um, Woking, I think, have gone full time and obviously thrown a bit of money at it, so they're having a go. But can they sustain it over 46 games? I suspect probably not. Um, two of the stalwarts. Bromley and Boreham Wood haven't really had the, their normal seasons, have they? Um, you know, they've lost games you wouldn't expect them to lose in, in past years, while, while ever we've been in the division anyway. So I don't see another... I don't see a dark horse coming out of the pack. Um, I think it will be between the three of us. Um, we've had a iffy spell, I suspect. We'll have another one before we've done. But I also suspect Knots and uh, and Wrexham will as well. Um, so the long way to go, yeah, long way to go. There, there certainly is a, an awful long time, but uh, yeah, well, as you mentioned, Woking, you're sort of throwing a, a few quid at it and uh, and everything along those lines, and you know, they they've bought in some some decent players. Again, they've they've gone to the uh, League Two, got the likes of Sid Nelson, the former Chesterfield player in there, Porygamond, who we uh, we know well over the. Over the years, Jim Kellerman's gone there from the Sparites, of course. James Daly from Stevenage, Luke Wilkinson from Yeovil, uh, Reese Grego Cox from from Crawley. So they've rec- they have recruited very well, and it seems to be it seems to be working for them. Does? Yeah, they're having a go. Certainly, um, they had a bit of a stuttering start, didn't they? But they've obviously had a consistent run, certainly in the last six to eight weeks. But again, on Saturday bit of a strange one wouldn't it um the york went down to 10 men and and they nicked a second goal 
and, and beat them 2-0. And with the, the form York have been on and their new manager having just arrived, um, sadly, sadly, I hear it now in hospital with some kind of COVID breathing issue. Um, that was a bit of a bolt out of the blue. So it, it can happen to anyone, as we know, in this in this division. If you're not on it any any given day, like we weren't at Halifax and like we certainly weren't for those three games that week, you, you know, you'll lose. It's as simple as that. Or you'll, yeah, certainly, you'll certainly drop points. I've, I've just looked at the record and in all competitions, they're not one in ten. And then they go away to the team who started the afternoon yep. and win 2-0. Like you say, against, uh, uh, with only ten men, it was 1-0 at at 10 men and then shot Mr. John Lewis uh, scored late on to, yeah. uh, uh, to, to, to sort it out. But the last few weeks for Chesterfield uh, with, with that long run of unchanged uh, uh, sides, but with a pretty regular trio of substitutes coming on, Stuart, we've got Ukeg Boulam was coming on for, uh, for, for Dobra anger on for for Quigley and Akinella on for Whelan seem seemingly week after week after week after week. But but the game on Saturday against Dorking just reinforced to me uh, how deep the squad is. Five changes and massive change when the uh, the substitutes were 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 brought on, and that must augur well for Chesterfield coming up to the busy Christmas period. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm sure it will. It um, it certainly made a change, didn't it? Um, bringing those guys on and um, not necessarily, I suppose, changing the way we tried to play, but it just made us that much more effective. Um, took the opposition by surprise. That's that's what you want subs for, isn't it? You know, and 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 there will be that cover over the whole Christmas period. You know, we do have a, a quite a large squad. I think um, not by some of our recent standards, of course, um, but it's uh, capable players now as well. Um, the interesting thing is trying to keep all those capable players satisfied. There are people um, who might get on the bench every other week, but probably won't get on the pitch if he can, if, if, if Cookie continues to use his um, same three subs and why shouldn't he? Cause it works. Um, so I wonder if in January we might see more people going out on loan or 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 leaving the club. Um, you know, to some of those who have come in in the summer perhaps and haven't made an impact might want to move on. Um, but we do have we do have considerable strength now across almost all of the positions as well. There's there, there's a, a depth for everybody, isn't there? Um, but the ability just to change. Just take a sort of slight tweak by by bringing on those three substitutes all at more or less the same time. It 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 it, it changes us completely um, if we're not playing particularly well or if we've gone off the boil a bit. Um, and and it's so good to watch. I mean, uh, Jez, I'm not sure um, what the record is for number of substitute appearances by a single player in a season, but. If he carries on like he is, he's going to come close to it by the end of it, certainly. Going to, going to beat Scott Bowden, is he? Well, I was going to say, <laughs> you only have to check Scott Bowden, John Howard, Roger Willis. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Sorted under yeah. those three. It's interesting because some of them have come in from the start of games and they haven't been that effective, have they? It, it, you know, uh, we don't know what um, Tim Akinola would be like, but we're so well blessed in the position that yeah, he would but, play. But, you know. but, but, but Paul, t- just talking about Akinola and Uke Bulan particularly, because we know yeah. all about 
Shimanga and everybody else knows all about Shimanga. But that, those two guys who come from nowhere, never uh, 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 been regulars in, in professional football before they came to uh, to Chesterfield. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty lightning from minute one if they do start. But when they're playing tired legs and they come on at 60, 65, 68, yeah. they're devastating, aren't they? Yeah, you wanted to see that Akinola driving run for the second goal, I think it was, or it might have been the third from uh, from yeah, Saturday. Thanks. Just picking the ball in his own half and sprinting right into the other side and then fed Ukegbulam. You know, so Ooh, it was, uh, yeah. He, he run well. If you look at that uh, uh, goal, and, and, and there's a clip on Twitter, it's not on the highlights package, it's on a clip that's on Twitter that shows the two minutes, 32 seconds between the two second and third goals. It's only on that clip that Akinola wins the ball on the edge of his own 18-yard area. Yeah, yeah. And then flies forward, leaves one through two, passes it out to the left side. And if you follow that goal from Akinola winning the ball, there isn't a Dorking player touches it. And it's pass after pass after pass and sensible thinking and sensible passing and, and the final ball in. It might have been one of the easiest goals in the season. But if that's not goal of the season... Hmm. There's, there's something wrong, but you've got to see it from Akinola winning the ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from that, and, that particular point, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, and of course the second one was was a devastating run from the sorry the third goal the second in the two and a half minutes hmm. was that devastating run from Uke Boulam and I know Dorking had got illnesses and injuries and everything and I know they'd been forced into three substitutions which meant they couldn't use the substitutions they want but the guy when he saw Uke Boulam taking off from the halfway line just thought oh, well, I'm not going to catch him yeah I'll just leave him <laughs> yeah. yeah there's no point t- waiting on a, on, a, a, on a useless piece of running exactly and then typical Joe is, is uh, he did really well to spin and turn mm. get the shot off but then it dribbled into the net, didn't it? Yeah, Without yeah. any conviction, it just yeah. got a little deflection and then just fell over the line. So, well, you know, he does all the hard work. My, I haven't listened back to my commentary or indeed your commentary on that, Paul, but I reckon I was blowing it in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I reckon there's a little bit of... <laughs> because, because it was painful, wasn't it? it yeah. It's, it's a good job it was at 2-1, not at 1-1. Otherwise, yeah. uh, it would have been quite frustrating. But, mm. you know, Paul Cook over the years, first spell and now uh, Daz, he, he he just seems to unearth players that we'd never heard of before, you know, and just think, well, why has nobody else picked those up? Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there was a whole host of them, weren't they? And I think a lot a lot of that was down to uh, the Paul, chief scout at the time, Paul, uh, Mitchell. Paul Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. Um, who went on to do a uh, an, e- an equally good job at, uh, at Bramall Lane, didn't he? Um, but yeah, he, he does seem to spot a player very quickly. I suspect Jez wasn't on anyone's radar until that preseason match. And, and they, 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 knew who he, they knew who he was because he'd been championed uh, um, f- from from the academy side, who uh, the academy set up, who, who knew of him, Justin Tellus was aware of him. He's got good close links with Matlock. So they were aware of him without mm. necessarily him being on the we need to get him radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he obviously impressed significantly in, in, in one 90-minute kickabout um, to earn himself an opportunity. And boy, mm. has he taken it, you know. Uh, 
I think about the, uh, the game over at um, Altrincham where we were one down and struggling. He came on for Dobra or Asante because I think they both went off injured that day uh, and helped turn the game back. I know he, he wasn't directly involved in the goals, but certainly he pinned down that left side, got their full backs going back towards their own goal instead of towards ours and changed the whole flow of the match. And well, uh, it, he's, it, it he's makes- done that more than once, hasn't he? It makes the opposition think, oh, we've got to double up on him. So it, it, mm. it forces them to do something different, doesn't it? And that then that opens up the gaps in the in the middle. And it particularly opens up the gaps for Akinola. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was. I don't know if you've heard Mark White's post-match interview on on from Dorking on Saturday. And he just said, you know, I, I thought we'd perform really well under the circumstances. But when they could bring legs on like they did with Akinola and and Uke Bulem, he said <laughs> there was no way we were going to win the match. He said because they were just too quick, had too much energy, he said, and, and we couldn't match it. He said, you know, and they literally ran through us for the last 15 minutes, which is what we did, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and I, and I, I know you won't be able to check this, Stuart, still, but, but there won't be many times that right from the first corner kick, <laughs> the opposition leaves three up every time. Oh, Lord. No. That, that that was interesting to watch, wasn't it? You yeah. know. And you and you applaud that kind of initiative, you know, that somebody has thought, well, why don't we do it? What you know, what what's gonna happen? Let's give it a try, you know. Well um, I, because I, plenty I, of people would say, Oh, you can't possibly do that because then you'll be short yourselves defending your own corner. But sometimes it's easier to defend when it's less crowded, you know. Well, um, I've, so I've the goalkeeper's perspective there's less people to bump into when all you're doing is looking up watching the flight of the ball and mm. coming across it there's, there's five or six less people in the box mm-hmm. when, and if uh, your three that you've left up are clued up enough to know that when the ball comes out they've got to come back and pick it up as they were doing you know um you know if it's your tactic and you can play it like that then yeah why not and and you, you applaud that kind of brightness in 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 management or yeah. what you should do i think mm-hmm. you know and it was uh, um, it was great to see on day one, of course, in that two-two draw when uh, when we were down to ten because of of Coverland. So let's talk about Fitzsimons coming in. Clearly, a last-minute gasp signing because Coverland had got red card at Dorking on the opening day. But uh, he's not going to be give, give up his gloves easily uh, now. Coverland's back fit, Paul, is he? No, I, I can't see Coverland actually getting a, a start. I noticed he was out on the field. On Saturday training before the uh, start of the game with uh, with Chadwick and and Fitzsimons, but man, I appreciate that uh, he's on loan and he'll be getting uh, paid and etc. So um, you know, taking up his his wages and everything. But you know, why, why would you why would you drop Fitzsimons right now? Um, but I don't think there's any reason to do that. And and in front of Fitzsimons, it had been. Williams and 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 Grimes yeah. just about all season. There's an odd match that that Williams didn't play. Grimes has played every minute of every match. Now Palmer <coughs> coming to the mix. Good signing, Paul. Yeah, very good. Um, obviously knows that division um, has a bit of competition there. Kind of feel sorry for Williams a little bit because he's been playing really well. Um, so you know, being taken out of the uh, the starting eleven there to somebody who's equal to you um then, then maybe um I'm, I'm, it is a good signing um 
could be key for the remainder of the the, the season. Obviously, there's going to be injuries uh, coming in to, uh, towards the back end of the season. Um, but I think that was a, a real vital a vital sign. And I think all they need is when Shamanga goes, a new striker in January. That should be it. That should be all right for the rest of the season. And we know, Daz, uh, don't we, how hard Paul Cook and the board have been working for that one position that wasn't a recognised sub, which is right, right-sided mm. uh, centre-back, um, right from malarkey days, um, mm. that position, not because there weren't two of them, you know, and that was reinforced when Cook went out on loan to Dorking, of course, uh, yeah. and he always one for the future anyway. But it's been the only position on the radar for a long time, really, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think we've looked at a good number. Um, And we were almost taken by surprise when Palmer became available. I think we'd heard on the grapevine that he'd been talking to Oldham and one or two other clubs uh, in that neck of the woods. Uh, clearly, what first team football? They'd gone from playing three at the back at Stockport to two at the back, and one of the guys they brought in in the <coughs> summer was keeping him out the side. There was, I think, Dave Challoner had basically said to him there was little prospect of him getting in in a two, um, and he was obviously revered by the the Stockport fans. I mean, if you look mm. at their message boards when he went. Um, you know, they're, they're all saying what a great servant he'd been, what a good player he still was, which is often important. You know, not that his legs had gone or he was past it or anything like that. Um, and that he's a born leader. And I think he's a winner. That's, you know, he's got now. He got him promoted, didn't he, from National League North. He then got him promoted again last year. Um, played a lot of matches. Doesn't seem to miss many games. Um uh, He's a threat in the opposition box, which we don't really have from set pieces very often. Um, he's a real attacker of the ball. If you if you watch any of the clips on YouTube and stuff, the number of goals he scored from set pieces and corners, um, he really attacks the ball. Um, if we can get the delivery right, I reckon he'll get half a dozen before the end of the season. And, and one of the things, Stuart, is uh, uh, Ash Palmer's paths haven't really crossed with um, Paul Cook, he spent most of his his time in in, in non-league football. He signed for Stockport from Guiseley, been with North Ferriby United. He's a he's a Pontial, a Pontifract uh, lad. He played for Droylsden, but he had a couple of years at Buxton when Martin McIntosh was manager. And Martin McIntosh is a mate of Paul Cook's, isn't he? So I'm sure Cookie had checked the character references with McIntosh, um, uh, which. All managers say it's important, but I think for Cookie, dressing room harmony is more important than getting a good player. Well, it is. It is, especially if you're going to bring the player in who isn't getting first-team football somewhere else. He's going to come here because he wants first-team football. And if you're going to have to say to him, well, unfortunately, there are two people there at the moment, you know, so you might have to sit on the bench for a few weeks. You know, you, you you need to know that he's the right sort of player to do all that sort of thing. But it wouldn't surprise me if Cookie spoke to as many people as he possibly could about players that he signs before he signs them, because he strikes me as, as that sort of meticulous kind of manager, you know, and, and, the preparation. and of course, it, it was unfortunate for, for Tyron Williams to have to go off relatively early at 
AFC Wimbledon in the uh, in the cup yeah. cup game, but just a couple of days after Palmer had signed, what a what a glorious opportunity without upsetting anybody to introduce him into a, a meaningful match. Well, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was fortunate from from that point of view. But you know, I mean, if we hadn't gone out and signed Palmer, I suppose Lawrence Maguire would have would have come on if he'd have been on the bench. Um, but but uh, but yeah, it is just kind of serendipitous, I suppose, from that point of view. But yeah, unfortunate, as you say, for Tyrone Williams, who came in at the start of the season and and has played particularly well, apart from the odd one or two games that everybody has now and then. You know, in 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 that position, he's done well. Yeah, and and our main opponents, Paul, they've they've signed a a, a player each or so in the last few days. Cannon uh, has gone from Hull to. Wrexham and uh, um, the uh, yeah the lad who's gone to Notts County, uh, ex Palace kid. Uh, he's not a kid anymore. He's thirty or so. Uh, Boswick. Boswick. John, yeah, Boswick's gone mm. to Notts County. Uh, um, but of course, Boswick's gone in and Bostock. Yeah, sorry. Bostock. Sorry. Stephen. Good Bostock's gone in and and they've got Chickson in that position who's been yeah. doing really well this season so yes he's a great addition to the squad but he's not necessarily going to improve the the team because Chickson's been been good and and Notts County fans will think he'll be unlucky to be counted out Wrexham have have no doubt signed Cannon A because he can but B because Davies picked up a a long-term injury as well a week or two ago it's filling a slot that was being filled by a very very good player so again it's not necessary to improve uh, uh, those Chesterfield until the last few weeks had been leaking too many goals. And whilst you could never blame that person, that person, that person, that person, collectively, the back four was letting in too many. Palmer will improve the back four. Yeah, well, definitely. You would, you would, uh, I mean, the, the, the stats suggest that, don't they? Um, so um, going back to um, John Bostock, I mean, he was the one who gave away a penalty, wasn't he, for Sheffield Wednesday? Um, for Dean Morgan when he attacked him and Morgan scored from that penalty when Chef oh, beat Chef well, Wednesday one yeah. 0 Yeah, well he done. was um, that was some some years ago. So it's about was that, uh, penalty, that one. The, what sorry? In the penalty shootout League Cup game was that? Or no, it was at uh, at the Technique. We beat him one nil. Oh, it was that. an awful game. An yeah. Awful game. Neither side deserved to win it, but but we did. So um um and. Since then, he's been, it was part of the, the relegation for Doncaster last season. And I think he's been touted as some sort of brilliant footballer, but he seems to have flattered to deceive all the time in the the, the course of his, his career. And I think it's a bit of a gamble from Notts County's point of view for Bostock to come in and sit in. I, I wouldn't state that he was a one that, you know, he's a name, I think, rather than a, a good player. So I, I don't rate him at all. That's just my opinion, but I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't say he improves Notts County. Well, uh, I, really, I noticed on their their, their headline, uh, on the headline Twitter, that they said he played for uh, Forest, Palace, and Toulouse. Mm. He uh, made his debut for Palace at fifteen. He's now thirty. And those three teams that they mentioned in the headline, he played eighteen games between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, mm. it was picked out those teams because he sounded sexy. But, <laughs> you know, he didn't really play for them. Yeah, uh, well, I think he's a League Two player, and they've signed him for the National League. So you know, naturally, they think, "Oh, he's going to be good." So yeah. you know, and and I, and I think that sometimes the League Two, you, you 
your League Two players are no better than your National League uh, uh, players so that they're in. So even the ones at the bottom of the National League, some of them are, are better than League Two footballs from what we've seen against yeah. AFC Wimbledon and Northampton. But there's two prime examples. Yeah, no. yeah just, just just looking uh, at that Sheffield Wednesday side in that match you were talking about, Paul. Uh, Bostock came as a, on as a relatively early sub for for, for Johnson and must have got injured. Uh, and Wednesday started up front with O'Grady and Ryan yeah. Lowe. And uh, <laughs> yeah. O'Grady was replaced by Gary Medine. So there's a bit of a spiral, I think, in uh, in that. Morgan came off the bench as well. He was uh, he came on for uh, Gregor Robertson just after half. Yeah, time. and Bostock brought him down. Um, Chesterfield were kicking towards the north stand. And they brought him yeah. down, and then uh, Morgan scored with a, a real poor penalty as well. It seemed to want to go along the ground into the corner, but but yeah, Chesterfield got all three points that day. In, yeah, impudent, I think you call it, Paul. Mm. It, it was yeah. an impudent penalty. It was a typical yeah. Dean Morgan penalty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he must have grabbed the ball quick because Jack was on the park at the time. <laughs> and he didn't get the penalty, so. Uh, mm. It wasn't after that one that was even worse than uh, Harry Kane's at Lincoln, was it? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. one killed three pigeons, I think, not just the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, we, we, we've touched on the, the game against Wimbledon. Of course, the match before that, Northampton. And it was a 1-0 win over Northampton, but very, very comfortable. A 2-0 win away at Wimbledon, ridiculously comfortable. Yeah. Uh, um, you have to say that, yeah, I know I've, I've, I've piped up about this a little bit. It, it surely shows that the gap between League Two and EFL is, is, deserves better than one plus one in the promotion stakes, Stu. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, it's four up, four down from League Two to League One. Um, so why shouldn't it be four up, four down between League Two and the conference? Um, National League, forgive me. Um, it uh, yes, it you'd lose, you'd lose more right. teams, wouldn't you? There's a danger. You'd always come down, you know, out of League Two into the conference. But if you do that now, then you're stuffed, really, for yeah. getting back out, aren't you? You know. Let, 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 let me just pick up on that point a little bit more. Live table, 24th place, Scunthorpe. 22nd place, Torquay. 21st place, Oldham. 19th place, Yeovil. 17th place, Aldershot. 15th place, York. All relatively recent football league clubs in the bottom 10. Mm. Yeah, a, a load of those were basket cases when they came down. Some of them are still basket cases, like Scunthorpe and, and Oldham to a certain extent, which is why they are where they are. You know, Until they get everything sorted out off the field, they won't be able to progress on the field. We found that out. And I think everybody who comes down um, as a basket case finds that out. You know, York and Torquay have both been in the division below this one. Mm, um, yeah. They have to come back out of it, you know. Um, it, But they're both reasonably well-supported clubs for, for, for this standard. Um, but, but, you know, you look at League Two and who have you got in there? You've got Stevenage, Crawley, Morecambe, all these, you know, all these teams that, that, that have come up out of the conference or, or, or whatever national league um, and have managed to sustain a place in there. In some respects, you know, from, from the point of view of playing some decent sides and getting decent gates and decent away fans and all that sort of thing, I hope we don't go up. 
but that's the only reason why I hope we don't go up, of course. Um, but, but you know, if we do go up and the first match is Morecambe away and the next match is Fleetwood at home or something like that, you know, it, it's not really the stuff to, 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 to get the blood pumping, is it? But uh, I suppose, that, you know, you have to play what's in the division, don't you? But, yeah, there should be more up and more down than there are at the moment. Three sounds like a bit of a, a, a concession, you know. If it's four up, four down good enough for the division that you get you're trying to get out of in league two properly then it should be four up four down between league two and the one below and then you've got four down and four up out of the division you know below the national league national yeah. division haven't you in effect you yeah. know so, so there's a certain symmetry to that no that I, makes uh, sense. I, I can't agree uh, more and carrying on on the uh, uh, the, the cup theme uh, does um, yeah, there are, there are a lot of people sort of uh, shrug the shoulders about the third round draw, West Brom at home. I personally were absolutely delighted for a, mm. for a number of reasons. One, we've never played West Brom in our lifetime, friendly match apart. So no competitive game since 1948. And did you know, Stuart, it's only the third time ever we'll be welcoming a team in uh, to our home ground in the FA Cup as a five times cup winner or more. There's only twice before a team come to our ground as five time or more cup winners. I'll let you think about that for a minute while uh, I talk to Daz about right. the, the West mm-hmm. Brom tie. But I know they've improved a little bit in the last week or two after Steve Bruce has gone and uh, 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 the new manager has come in. But they'll be more worried about dropping down to League One than getting to the fourth round of the FA Cup. It's a winnable one, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I thought that. Um, obviously, I think we would all like another bumper away day somewhere, um, just for the glamour of it and and the and the cash. I'm sure the club wanted the cash. I know speaking to Andy Fandomy, Fandomy would have rather had the cash. But there, the club are in confident mode, and um, I know from uh, conversations I've had that Cookie's delighted with the draw. He thinks it's it's eminently winnable. Um, get a full house there that day. I'm sure they'll sell out their allocation. I'm sure we'll sell out ours. Um, we uh, we can beat them on the day. We yeah. might need a little bit of luck, but they're no great shakes. Their confidence isn't fantastic. Some of them will have been on the beach for a month as well, don't forget. Um, being in the championship, I think they've just restarted, haven't they? Um, so, yeah, it's, it'll be all to play for and Get an early goal, I'd fancy you strongly. Um, and I wouldn't mind a replay down at the Hawthorns because I've never been there either. So, No, no, no. And uh, um, I, I have been to the Hawthorns a couple of times, but it's one of only, I think, five of the 92 league and Premier League clubs that I've not done some form of reporting from. So ah. I'd tick that one off. So I'd be happy with a, with a draw. But you were saying about the crowd, uh, Daz. I, I used to work for tarmac and be based in Wolverhampton so I know quite a few Wolves fans and uh, Baggies fans particularly and um, you know, somebody I keep in touch with is is a, a Baggies season ticket holder uh, and they have an away season ticket section as well and he doesn't think he'd necessarily be able to get a ticket well, for, yeah. even with, you know, with 1800 or whatever in the North Stand mm. they're badgering the club for the East one as well right uh, but I think the club want yeah, want to see how it goes um, <coughs> before, they, before they release those. Um, but I, I think it's terrific. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, I, I've not worked this out, Stuart. But then mm. one, two, three, three section above us. 
bearing in mind we've been in the league nearly all the time, we don't play teams at home three sections of us. This no, is a you'd, you'd, really unusual tie. Yeah, you'd have to look for a fourth division Chesterfield against first division opponents, wouldn't you? Which yes. obviously wouldn't have happened very often. Um, yeah. No, it doesn't off happen. Top of my head. Uh, anyway, in, in case you, I don't know if you've thought about the only previous time mm-hmm. we've hosted teams in the FA Cup who, at the time that the Daz has got his finger up. Hang on. Yeah, I, I think I'd, yeah. I'd go Villa and Arsenal for two. I would go Villa and Blackburn Rovers. Well, um, Arsenal, when we played Arsenal at home in the Cup, does hadn't won the FA Cup, so they were not mm, right. when they came. They won it 14 times since. Because in the in old days, winning the FA Cup was hard. You didn't get so yeah. yeah. times yeah. in a day like mm. you do now. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Blackburn Rovers, 61, and Villa in the 30s. Because they both won the cup a lot uh, in the early days. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was always going to be a football league founder, for want of a better term. Yeah. So it's only mm. the third time we've ever welcomed a five five times cup winner to our ground. Uh, it's a special tie. It might not mm. be the sexiest there's ever been. No, no, no I, I was delighted with it when it came I, out of the app. Yeah. I'd, 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 I'd get all the, you know, away at a money bags club with, that's going to have forty five thousand people all paying money into our coffers and all that. I get all that, but. You know, it'd be nice sometimes to be able to see some of the better sides just by walking over the road from where I live to the football ground <laughs> instead yeah, of having yeah. to get on a bus at five o'clock in the morning, you know. And, um, and we, we, we were unlucky with the draw, not because of West Brom at home, but the fact that there are some crackerjack ties in there that you can understand why the telly's gone for yeah. for, for, for those. The, the only one I don't really understand is the Everton Man U, uh, uh, but they've done that for audience numbers, clearly. Yeah. But mm. yeah, you can't argue with Ars- Oxford against Arsenal or mm. uh, or whatever. But the amount of effort that the BBC particularly put in talking about non-league clubs and then not to cover any of the non-league clubs is a bit strange. Mm. But but apart from Everton, Man U, I get all the other ones. Mm. You know, I, I I get them. And when I when I when I looked down the drawer at the time, I thought, mm, you know, ooh yeah yeah, we might be on telly, but mm, well. probably not. So, uh, you know, the other non-league ties weren't uh, weren't attractive enough. No, yeah, be under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if if nobody went to that match and all the Accrington and Bournemouth fans watched it on telly, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be a huge audience, would it? Would it really? Uh, no. So, uh, so, 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 yeah, and I, 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 I'd be delighted if we if we're in the hat for the next round because it'll either mean we've won or we've drawn. So, uh, well, if we draw, get a replay, go down to their place, then hopefully the gate money from both games will be more or less the same as we'd have got if we'd have been drawn away at a Premier League club again. And, and, you know, and look, whilst replays, replays don't pay as much television money as the original games, if there's only a handful of replays, it'd probably be on telly anyway, even, if, even yeah. though it's the wrong way round. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It, it'd probably be, and you get about half the money or 40% of the money for a, a replay, don't you, compared oh, to the. Right. Mm. The, the, the real thing but it's you know it, it, it's it's money to the clubs it's not money that's split like like the gate that money is mm. and talking about knockout competitions paul how do you with the Wrexham game being off mm-hmm. might have been different if the Wrexham game had been on but with the Wrexham game being off how do you think cookie and co will play against colville on saturday in the trophy well, before the Wrexham game, I would have thought he'd made uh, those players that uh, haven't been starting, they would have started straight away. Now, we might make a little bit more of a, a tweak. It might be a little bit stronger than than we would have done going in. But having said that, the Woking game is the more important game, obviously, on the Tuesday night. Yes. So I still expect, 
you know, nine of the non-first team players that have been playing, like Shackleford's to play on Saturday. Um, yeah. Even even Chadwick, I think, will start on Saturday. I think. Um, wow. Well, oh, Williams. Probably ready. I think he'd start. If, if it, right, okay. Um, maybe Williams will play uh, with mm. that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, those that Williams haven't been playing. Palmer, will go first. Um, yeah, Williams, Maguire, Shackleford. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Clements, you'd expect to be the back four, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or, almost, and hey, that's not a bad back four, but. I don't know how seriously they'll take the trophy, but but uh, the finals at Wembley and of course the uh, National League playoff final has been announced at Wembley in the last week or so. I think that's definitely going to be well Ashton Gate and um, and West Ham the last two years. Um, but Colville did win at Notts County in the in the FA Cup. Didn't they, they did, yeah, they did, and they brought uh, they asked for a thousand tickets for. Uh, for the, the the game on Saturday, so I don't know if they've oh, sold God. them all or anything, oh, but uh, yeah, I know so, they I've I've just bought mine online before we started, and um, if they've asked for a thousand, there's probably going to be seven hundred and fifty more of them than there are of us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be one of those where uh, it's a a struggle. I mean, oh, the weather conditions are looking at the long term forecast; it's going to get warmer. Yeah. Uh, by the weekend, so I, I can't have any problems with the game going ahead. No, no. Uh, and, and I certainly well, know that um, two of the. I don't think we've. I don't think we've got a reason to call it off for a frozen pitch, have we? No, no, I don't think so. People who are coming up from uh, Colby. I was, I was talking about West Brom pals where I used to work at Tarmac. I, uh, uh, I had a lad who came from. Colville, a village just next to Colville called Hugglescote, who worked for me for a, a few years, but most recently in 1994, that's how long ago, uh, um, that I'd been seeing a, a mutual friend of ours I saw a, a couple of weeks ago, first time I'd seen him for years and years as well. And he said, he said, he says, I reckon Dave Turner's died, you know. And I said, well, I've not heard of him for a long time. He said there was an obituary and he, he'd left a wife, Linda, and Dave's married to Linda. And so I said, oh, and I tried to find it, couldn't find any reference. I've not got Stuart's uh, powers of uh, of researching such such sort of things. But anyway, as soon as the draw came out, he messaged me. I thought, like, oh, no, you're not dead then. You're not dead. <laughs> so he's well, coming up. And ironically, he's not a football supporter at all, or he never was. Mm. Uh, but it, it just shows the power of the community. Yeah. Mm. So he's definitely coming up on Saturday. So I look forward to... Uh, to, to the opportunity to uh, to see him for the first time since I don't know when. So, uh, 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 but no, uh, if we, yeah, what what a great achievement for, for Colville, who are a relatively new club and they didn't used to be called Colville. They've only been called Colville for a relatively short amount of time because uh, they moved from an, a different village, which I just can't quite remember uh, uh, remember the, uh, the, the the name of. Um, but yeah, th- there is a chance that there might be as many of their fans as ours, as you were saying, Stuart. And that could change the dynamic. Well, yeah, yeah, it, it'll it'll be uh, an interesting game to watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll be grateful if Paul can tweet a copy of the team sheet again. That's always no very useful. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, the, BBC uh, never report it, do they? So on their website. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, I always like the four four two formation that BBC, that BBC puts out on their website when you've got yeah. you know DJ Baker yeah. at left back and Tyron Williams, yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Maguire, even though he's not playing at right back. Yeah, yeah. Alphabetical order or something, isn't it? Yeah. I, don't know. I, I know we've all been um, we've all been concentrating 
Paul on the Wrexham yeah, from a, a mm. home perspective. But uh, I don't know if you looked at Colville yet, but one of their players is um, somebody who we all know very well, Billy Key, who uh, oh, yeah. playing, uh, finished playing full-time football for health uh, reasons, mental health reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And he's... Um, I think he became a painter and decorator or something like that, if I remember. I can't quite remember exactly. But he plays uh, for them, as does um, Ashley Chambers, who uh, has played for, for the likes of Dagenham and Redbridge and uh, Grimsby Town over the years. So, they're, yeah, they're, hmm. they're, they've got a decent player uh, or, or two. Chris Robertson, who is a youngster at Sheffield United, although he's not young now, <laughs> uh, who had, um, what, five years at Tokyo United? He's in their... Yeah. Uh, their squad so they've, they've got a bit of class yeah they can uh, they can put it back it's whether they could because with them being part-time now it's whether they've got their sort of extra little bit you know uh, can they keep up with you keg Williams and akinolas can they can they do that um but no they'll certainly give us a, a, a game definitely um billy key's a, a good point obviously he left accrington due to his, his mental health status so he couldn't uh, cope with uh, being a full-time professional footballer and got a bit homesick moving to, uh, down to the middle. He's from Leicester, isn't he? Uh, around that around that area, any of Leicestershire, yeah. and Ugebrug. always, always, yeah, never wanted to, um, never really wanted or took to being, a, you know, a full-time uh, footballer. But he's a real thorn in Chesterfield's side. Oh. I seem to remember over the years. Mm. Yeah. It, it really has been. He was he was he was one of those players, a la Jack Lester, that you used to really hate when they were on the team sheet against you. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you knew he was going to do you some damage. He was only a little lad. He's you know he's, he's certainly five eight, five nine, something like that. Maybe even a little bit less mm-hmm. than that. But uh, yeah, Paul Cook will have been with him in his first spell at Accrington. Yeah. When he was yeah. on uh, from Leicester. Where you know, he'll know all about him, and and I'd love to see him play again because I always did used to really enjoy watching him uh, uh, play. I think did he got a Burton from. Uh, he did, yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. And certainly was a, always a pain in the the backside with them as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I always enjoy playing somebody a bit different who we've not seen before. <clears throat> yeah, uh, uh, and then as you said, it's it, it's the rearranged Woking game after after that ball and. You know, victory in that will just put a little bit of a gap in between three and four, and that's a massive thing, isn't it, uh, Daz? To to just distance yourself from that fourth place. Yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be a really handy three points to get, wouldn't it? Um, the Wrexham game being off, we we can just apply a little bit more pressure on those above, and certainly open up that gap to the chasing pack. And then, with all due respect to Scunthorpe, they're the next two fixtures, aren't they? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Away and at home, you would like to think we we might get nine out of nine going into the cup tie, which would be uh, a good end to the year, wouldn't it? Yeah, and straight on, hot on the heels of the cup tie, it's that postponed game against Wheelston. That's on the Tuesday after the the West Brom game, and then the following Saturday is Notts County. I don't want to look too far ahead, but uh, yeah. you, you you've got four four on the bounce that you think <clears throat> yeah we could be getting a good haul there. Mm. not the one that you need the good haul yes yeah no it's it's a good time to put your foot down isn't it christmas we all know that and uh we having not had many home games of late we've suddenly got a plethora of them again and and you've got to win your home games uh that was what was so disappointing about the uh 
the Maidenhead and Dagenham results, wouldn't it? Um, that you know, if you look at Wrexham, they're ten out of ten, aren't they? At home, don't think not so. Apart from drawing with us and the, and one other, I don't think they've dropped many at home either. So you really got to keep the pressure on teams when you're playing them at home. This is the Sky's Blue podcast. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. And we'll we'll have a look at the uh, relative strengths and performances of members of the Chesterfield squad that we've not particularly talked about so far. Well, welcome back to the Sky's Blue podcast with me, Phil Tooley, Stuart Bass, and Paul Fisher and Daryl Carpenter. As promised, we'll just have a quick look at uh, um, one or two members of the squad that we've not particularly talked about so far. Let's start, Daz, Mike Jones. Yeah, discuss. Um, I remember him being a winger at Sheffield Wednesday and, yeah. and, not, and, and not lasting very long and, and quickly going back to, from whence he came. I think it was Berry. Uh, good pro, isn't he? You know, um, strikes me as the the modern version of the Richie Humphreys signing in many ways. I thought that when he when he was added to the squad uh, after after the start of the season almost that he just wanted somebody with that now that he could shove into a variety of positions, knew knew what the game was all about, cool head under pressure. Um, I like him because he plays the way he faces, which sounds a bit simplistic, but if he's, the ball comes to him and he's facing his own goal, he gives it back to the keeper. And if he's facing the touchline, it goes out or to a, or to a blue shirt if he's one free, but if not, it goes out. And, um, there's no frills with him. Uh, he's pulled off two or three tremendous tackles in the box, clean as a whistle to to deny um, a couple of teams already uh, yep. on the counter attack, well, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah, it. yeah. Um, and I think I think he's he's just the sort of play you need around a squad that's. You know, it's, it, now we've got Palmer. I think he's another one. You, you need these kind of characters that have been the distance, know what it takes. Um, uh, and as I say, I've just got that little bit of nous. Um So I, I think he's been... And he, I don't think anyone anticipated after the first few weeks of the season him doing other than Banks and Oldacre in, that, in, in the two. But he's even forgotten his, his own principles to a degree, hasn't he, to, to sit Jones on his own in front of the back four and, and push the, the other three in midfield further forward. So, yeah, it's um, it's been a good sign in that one. That's the ultimate accolade, Stuart, isn't it? Just playing him as a one in front yeah. of the back four. And, but, but, uh, pretty well in all games apart from Halifax, but he was the only person who was uh, on his game at, at Halifax. And I did the commentary on 1866 Sport with uh, Steve Payne at Halifax and we were... Uh, regularly comparing him with Mark Allett. Uh, mm. uh, I know it's a different level and everything along those lines, but it's one of those. He's one of those players, Stuart, that you, you notice that he does everything a okay, but you really notice him when he's not playing. Mm, yeah, yeah, he is just like a rock, isn't he? he? He's just you know the rock of Gibraltar in 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 the middle of the sea there, um, and he's just. I don't know, he, he just tidies stuff up, doesn't he? He, he reads the game ever so well. Uh, and he has made a hell of a difference to this side since he came into it. Yeah. He's well, technically, really I think good. Simons is the Rocky Gibraltar since he was playing there when... Uh, mm. oh, yeah. ...in the summer. But, hey, you know, we'll let you off on that one. Uh, Paul, uh, the, the next one I'll pick out is Liam Mandeville. Transformation. 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. He, I mean, Cookie likes him, doesn't he, from his... Um, uh, uh, assists his goal his all round endeavours and uh, the fact that he goes 90 minutes as well really works in his favour I don't I can't remember the last time he was substituted to to be honest I know he had he has had uh, been substituted in a home game but uh, but um, yeah he um, he plays every week for him and he gives himself 100% um, he, he said he'd like uh, I think a post match after the game on Saturday he said he'd like to up his assists and his goals a bit more. Um, but, you know, he's certainly improved from when he first came because um, he wasn't exactly raw when he first arrived and he was a bit more of a flair player. But now he's pushed onto the right-hand side and rather than as a 10, uh, he seems to be working wonders for him. Uh, and, you know, in the, in, <clears throat> uh, with him afterwards, I sort of said, why have you become a 90-minute player when you weren't before? And the first thing he said was, I've got a manager who believes in me. <clears throat> well, that's a good point, isn't it? So, um, yeah, and he, you know, and he, and he fits into that, that, that character that Cook wants in his side. You know, um, if you look back to the 2013-14 team, you know, Tendai Dariqua could be an, another example of somebody playing on the right. When he wasn't playing right back, you know, he was somebody who played on the right-hand side of, um, the three, you know, even Drew Talbot, for example, would give everything when he was on the park, you know, for it. Very rarely would they get substituted. So yeah, that's what he wants in the characters of his side. You know, he wants players that can play 90 minutes, giving it all, tackle back when you need to. When you lose possession, track back and win it back. And Mandeville's been doing that this season. And that's why he's playing on a regular basis. Uh, Dan's Jeff King. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still not convinced Jeff King will be with us if we go up. I still, I'm still not convinced he's he's got what it takes to be a fullback at, what, football, you league, at football league level. He can't tackle for a start, which which is kind of a prerequisite for a fullback. Um, <laughs> His assists are unquestionable. He's obviously got a goal in him. Um, I think, if anything, he just lacks a yard or two, really, a genuine pace, which I think you need to be a good defender. Um, but, yeah, at, at this level, he, he's going to cause problems, certainly going forward. Um, and if we've got enough stability and Jones sat in front of a, a Palmer Grimes axis, you know, you'll get away with it. Um um, and for what he gives you going forward, um, he's obviously having a hell of a season. But as I say, I'm personally not convinced he'd be with us if we go up. I might be proved wrong. I often am. But, um, you know. But would you take this Saturday's game against Colville to put Sheckleford at right back and push King forward, either on the right-hand side of the attacking three or the attacking four, depending on whether he plays 4-2-3-1 or 4-1-4-1? Yeah, it's an option, Phil. I, I suspect... Because this game um, tomorrow night's been cancelled, now we'll play a stronger squad Saturday than we would have otherwise done. Uh, I think, as Paul said, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to uh, to see the makeup of the team because we have got a lot of players who have sat very patiently, and and a lot of them haven't had many opportunities. I think I think that selection on Saturday, as much as it was a reaction to losing uh, Halifax, 
it was also with one eye on on tomorrow night. Um, you know, for me, Jones was having a rest. Clements was having a rest, um, and, and one or two others. I just, I just felt he was shuffling the pack with what he hoped would be good enough to get the three points against Dorking, but with one eye on Wrexham. And I suspect with us having Woking uh, at home next, is it next Tuesday? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Next Tuesday. Yeah. He'll um, do similar because that's obviously going to be third versus fourth or fifth or whatever they might be at that, that stage. That's, that's another game we really need to win. So um, I, I, yeah, it's the, the selection for Saturday will be very interesting. Yeah, the selection for last Saturday, of course, gave Banks and and Palmer uh, and Asante real um, important minutes as well. Yeah, that, yeah. But um, Stuart, Stuart, I'll give you, uh, I'll throw Joe quickly at you. Not literally. <laughs> oh, you're on mute. You're on mute, Stuart. Uh, Stuart's mouthing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe Quigley. Yes, well, to, uh, to the disappointment of many, I'm sure I've turned the mute off now. Um, <laughs> we uh, completely transformed player again. Yeah, I mean, we always had the work rate, didn't we? You know, um, the effectiveness was never quite as good as it is now, but he's really bought into that sort of playing Paul Cook way, hasn't he? You know, um, and he's very good at what he does. And, and in order to make the side more complete, um, playing the Paul Cook way, he keeps... Kabongo Shimanga out the team, you know? Um, and of course he is adding goals now. You know, what what is it, five this season? Five, yeah. It's, mm. you know, so if he finishes up with ten or a dozen or something, it's probably far more than many of us thought he might do, really, because bless him, he always seemed to be able to get on the end of it, but never quite add the direction or the power or, you know. I mean, it, uh, and it, and it, uh, we've mentioned in this podcast before about uh, 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 centre fours that hold up play but don't score. And Steve Fletcher was a hero, having scored yeah. three goals or something. You know. Three goals. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you have to look at it from a team perspective. And if you if your approach is rather than rely on one man who might get his ankle broken by somebody at Weymouth, you know, you want everybody to be able to score. Then then you have to accept that your number nine isn't going to score as many as you know. And as a single person, um, and 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 it works for us, you know. It's um, last season having Kabongo and relying on him, well, we did worked for us. This season having Joe Quigley there playing, uh, I mean, Kabongo is a team player, of course, but 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 Joe Quigley playing in a more sort of team focused attack, you know, um, that works for us as well, and he does that job really, really well. Um, you know, it, it, what a guy to have to, to be able to bring on, uh, you know, sort of six foot, whatever he is, um, a real handful for for defenders when he does come on, especially, you know, Dorking, of course, had the unfortunate substitutions and they lost a centre half, didn't they, before we, we brought Joe on. Um, but, but yeah, just to come on and, and be as effective as he has, he brings all the rest of the team into the game much better than anybody else that we have playing up front. Um, and as much as it means that our talismanic goal-scoring forward has to sit on the bench, I'd, I'd, I'd carry on as we are. Oh, no, no, not a massive uh, sample on the stats to look at, but mm. matches where Joe Quigley started this season, 67% win rate. Matches when he's not started, 60% uh, uh, win rate. 
I, I know it's it's close, but mm. we've got a better record when he started than when he's not started. Well, yeah, and and, and, and the fans like him as well, don't they? You know, they, I mean, they, they really do like him. It is so. close, Phil, but if we do get promoted automatically at the end of the season, fingers crossed, we're going to do it by one point, aren't we? You know, we're going to do it yeah. by the difference between sixty percent and sixty-six percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, absolutely, absolutely. And Paul, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jamie Grimes, every second of of yeah. the season being on the park. Yeah, he absolutely loves uh, captain in the side. Bit of a silent sort of captain, really. You'd, you'd say you don't see him sort of barking out instructions. He might be a bit more of a leader in the dressing room, uh, for example. But I tell you what, he's a man mountain, isn't he? He's he's blooming huge. Um, and you know, Cookie always wants a sort of classy centre half against a brute, doesn't he? When uh, when he has his two centre, because they have to be different. And Jamie Grimes certainly does eat up a lot of uh, balls that come into the box, doesn't he? So he's uh, he sits into that. And yeah, and who would have thought at the back end of last season that uh, that Jamie Grimes would have played every single minute of this season so far? And you, you you would not have thought that at all. You would have thought you had expected a new centre half to come in, a left hand sided centre half. Um, but it's Grimes last, that, yeah. You know, sorry, I was going to say if Rowe had lasted a week longer, he'd have probably been on his bike, wouldn't he? Exactly. Yeah. So you know, um, but he's played. Let's like see. He's he's played every single minute, and he loves it. You know, uh, he's from Nottingham, so he's not far away, and uh, and likes it at the club. Same as Jeff King, as as Darrell was mentioned. I mean, even though you know um, his tackling is awful, um, his uh, ability to love the club, and he's never felt more wanted at a football club, um, which you know breeds confidence doesn't it in a footballer mm. and you know you, you've got that you know they're playing winning football that always helps of course um but it, it does bode well for the future doesn't it you know two talented players and you no know, i'm pleased for grimes really because he's turned it around he was you know um he was what targeted by a previous manager on occasions <laughs> last year and i thought it was um bang out of order yeah. i.e previous manager now, let me mm, consider yeah. how many previous managers Jamie Grimes <laughs> yeah. has had at Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, think, no, you're right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And last one of this sort of, uh, uh, let's just pick on the player because I'm looking to the list and I'm just sticking a pin in it. Um, talking about people who didn't seem to be uh, wanted, uh, Tom Whelan sent on loan to Aldershot after just playing uh, a bit of an appearance at Dorking on, on the opening day of the season. Uh, came back from Aldershot. Came in for the Bromley game, three-two win, Daz, and um, you know all of a sudden he looked to look to change play. He was one of the five changes on Saturday after the Halifax game, but um, all of a sudden somebody who uh, looked as though the manager was trying to move on uh, has become an integral part. Yeah, it was it was interesting, wasn't it? He he went for the loan spell, um, got sent off, didn't he? Uh, was it his first game or second? Yeah. Game? Um, and then. Came back and it coincided, of course, with our little stumble. Banks being out injured, mm. uh, Cookie changing formation, and suddenly needing that extra forward-thinking body in midfield. And once he pushed Old Acre and uh, Whelan alongside one another and said, "Right, go and play. Don't worry about the back door so much now because I've got Mike Jones." Um, he's he's mm. he stepped up to the plate. <clears throat> He's not been quite the goal threat he was when he first came. 
Actually, he hasn't scored for Chesterfield since April 2021. That's yeah, yeah, which kind of bears that out. But mm. uh, he is now at least getting into the positions to do that. I think like most of the <clears throat> 11, uh, he, he was pretty under par at uh, Halifax. But you, you're going to get that rubbish, at this uh, level. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to get that at this level, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the if they were really consistent players, he'd probably be uh, at a higher level. But in terms of ability, uh, you know, he's he, he's one of the most able midfielders we've got. Um, I think I think the key with Tom will be keeping him happy and dropping him in and out of the team uh, when he's in form. And, yeah. and you, you've just got to trust Cookie will will know when that is. Probably, you know, how he's training and stuff. Well, after his performance in the FA Cup draw, Stuart, I've booked a session with you to pick up a bit about this of, uh, of Chesterfield Football Club. So, uh, <laughs> he knows... That well, what... I mean, if, if you look at the question that he was asked, you know, do you talk about that? I don't suppose they do. No, I won't. <laughs> Because it was ancient history. I mean, how old were they when we were getting to the cup semi-final? 10, 11, 12? You know, it might have been a curiosity, but that's about all. Tom um, uh, Whelan, just because I've got his date of birth on the screen in front of me, I don't happen to know this, was uh, one year and eight days old. Well, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I mean, if, if you went and said to Rodney Fern, you know, did do people at York still talk about when they were in the semi I know Rodney Fern never played to York for York, but I can't think of a town player. Kevin Randall. If you'd have said yeah. to Kevin Randall, when you were at York, did they talk about the FA Cup run in the late nineteen fifties all the time? No. No, because yeah. it's ancient history, you know? Mm. Um and he answered that question. Now, unfortunately it was interpreted as dismissive of of that achievement, you know. Um and if you look around the club, yeah, there is quite a lot of stuff about it still up around the club you know um so i mean old cluffy when he got into derby what was the first thing he did he told people to go around and take all the old stuff down throw it out you know um and yeah. a, a huge amount of lovely memorabilia went in a skip at cluffy's um request just because that you know all, all the 46 cup wins and all of that sort of stuff was was stuff that he didn't want people to be reminded about you know yeah, yeah, um, it's different <clears throat> different ways. But <clears throat> Whelan was, uh, uh, yeah, came to the fore really in in, in that five-one win at, at Torquay, which uh, at half-time you would to put your money on it being five-one, uh, but a bit of a Rolls-Royce second-half uh, performance. That early goal from Aldeca set in uh, Chesterfield off on, on on the way, and you know you're 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 close to the to the club, uh, Daz. You know, with Whelan and Maguire. Of course, Maguire's still technically on the transfer list. Santi isn't anymore. Miller's been paid up. Uh, it has restricted Paul Cook's ability to bring in people who he wants to do, I'm sure, hasn't it? Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't think I don't think they anticipated when they put those players on the transfer list that only one would have gone and we'd we'd probably had to pay him something to go. Um, and that's a drain on, on, on the budget. If, you know, mm. you look at Danny Rowe still being on the books, um, I think we, there's no doubt that filed are paying a, a decent portion of his wages, but probably not all of it, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, we've we, we moved Gaiassi out. That's no doubt eased things a little bit. And Joe Cook a little bit. So they are having to 
you know, watch the pennies and, and uh, it will have, it will have tied, it will have tied Cookie's hands to a degree. They've managed to find a bit, haven't they, for um, Ash Palmer coming in, obviously. Um, I don't think there's much of a fee if anything involved um, on that one, but there's obviously wages to pay and you've made a commitment. Have we signed him for 18 months? Did I hear? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a financial commitment. So yeah, it, it's, it's difficult. In an ideal world, you'd like to carry 24 or 5, however many, but, you know, they need pain and you need to keep them happy. And I think that's the that's the trick, really, isn't it? You know, uh, we've still got Manny Oyelakia, of course, on the books, being paid, um, not likely to, to appear until the new year. Uh, and then again, if he does, is he going to get a game? Uh, oh, yeah. Leave out Mike Jones, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's um, it's a balancing act, and I'm sure the powers that be, uh, it doesn't stray far from the mind any any week that you know they could do with getting a few more bodies out of the building, ideally. And do you expect, when, assuming that somebody comes in for uh, for Cabby in January, they only figure the. The, the the sell-on clause, you know, or all the talk of well, we shouldn't let him go for less than so and so. Well, that's not going to happen. It's a sell-on mm. clause. It might, yeah. it might be different to day one, but there's still a sell-on clause, and you just have to activate it. Uh, do you think that the way that the club's thinking, they'll a be able to, or b will want to bring a replacement in for him? Poof. I'd be speculating, Phil, really, to say. Um... I've not had that conversation, so it'd be wrong of me to say. I mean, my personal opinion is that he, he was obviously, for whatever reason it didn't go through, um, was bitterly, bitterly disappointed. Um, and to me, he's not quite the same player he was. I think he's, I think what he needs actually is a good whack from somebody in a game. Um, just to give him the confidence that he's not going to break his leg and he's going to be able to get up and keep playing. Um, it's like old goalkeepers used to say, you know, you should come out of the feet of a forward and if you got kicked once, um, it, it took months to get the confidence back and it only really happened when they got kicked again. And I, I suspect there's a little bit of that with Cabby. Um, and he's not really the one in, in a Paul Cook one, yeah, for one, you know, one up top. Um, he's still a terrific player. Great, you know, he's still a goal scorer. He's a predator. I don't think we play to his strengths when he's on the pitch either. Yet, I still don't think we we play in between the lines, down the sides of people, quick enough for him to go and get away from them. So, what will happen with Cabby will happen um, if somebody comes in, as you say, meets whatever the uh, the Clause in his contract is, um, and it's a, a football league club. I think he'll probably go. Mm. Mm, mm. Um, and uh, whether or not then we can allocate any of what comes in to um, bringing an extra body into the squad, I would think we will probably have to. Yeah, and whilst whilst yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the uh, list of top scorers in the in the national league, and it's just on national league. Uh, Games, Langstaff, of course, I'm sure will be on clubs' radars as well. The, uh, the the next couple in the scoring charts are McShane, who played for Dorking last week against us, who's a, 
a, a number 10, really, rather than a... Yeah, yeah. We've got oodles of them. Uh, then Mullin, and he's not he's going nowhere, is he? Then the next uh, batch is Kabamba at Barna, who's only, only got 11 goals. Palmer, uh, there's there's Reese Brown, who's on loan at Woking from... Is it Wilston? I think he's on loan at work from Wilston. Then you've got Seeger, who was the number nine for Dorking, who yeah. uh, did okay. Did okay, no question about that. And then you're down to single figures uh, scorers, and a lot of those on single figures up in the top of the list. Hayden at Wrexham, who's uh, 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 of course uh, a defender. You've also got Chickson, who's in there as a defender as well. Yeah. So you know there there aren't lots of people down that list who you think, oh yeah, yeah, I'd have him in the team. You know, probably Dallas at Solihull, but he's he 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 plays off a big man generally, doesn't he? He's only five. Yeah. Yeah. Five, Five ten or whatever. Um, so you know, th- there isn't. Let's look at who's scoring the goals in the national league. Who could we? Who would we like? Yes, of course you'd like Langstaff. Of course you like Mullion, but you're not going to get them. <laughs> and the rest of them, it's a mm, yeah, right, okay. Be a bit underwhelming if they came in with the greatest respect. So uh, yeah, Manny Gisaruva's in the in the, the the list of top scorers. And much you know, the, the Paul Cook knows all about him. He signed him from Sheffield Wednesday for Chesterfield last time round. You know, we wouldn't all go dancing in the streets, would we? No, no, not after, after that performance on Saturday, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, no, he, he could have been dancing in the streets throughout the game, and we wouldn't have actually yeah. noticed that he was dancing no. in the streets. I'm sure yeah. our our war room uh, of recruitment now um, will have a list of yeah. uh, people to replace Cabby with, should that happen. Yeah. Um, and wh- it's, it's whether you get number one, two, or three on that list, and the and they won't necessarily be national league players, of course. No, so, no, no, right. Absolutely, and and of course, what you want to do because people will make all sorts of assumptions. Although those in football know probably than those of us who just watch the football, uh, what they will um, will want to ideally do is get that deal done before Cabby's gone. Because mm. then people just assume you've got shed loads of yeah, yeah. money. But if, if you look at the, the recruits that Paul Cook's brought in this summer, uh, you know, they've come from Barrow, Doncaster, Kings Lynn, Maidenhead, Plymouth, Dorking, Ipswich, Barrow. Again, you know, Way- uh, well, he said Weymouth for Roxbury Simons, but it, technically it wasn't Weymouth, was it? But, uh, um, yeah, they do come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. No, no question mm. about that. Anyway, uh, um, so still positive, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, there's obviously some quests to overcome, isn't there, for the uh, remainder of the the season? But uh, I think that uh, there's very much a, a, a feel good factor about the club from the certainly from the fans' point of view. You get that generally. Um, good atmosphere. You know, another good crowd at the weekend as well. Six thousand two hundred. You know, that's that's really good. That's something that we wouldn't have dreamed of at, at Saltergate. You know, so. Um, it's you know, all these new fans that are coming to the club are liking what they're seeing and it's some good football. So, you know, you, you've got to be positive about it as well. Well, um, seven, Stuart, isn't it? All comp- seven home wins on the trot in all competitions, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still go along and I still feel fortunate to be able to, to watch football like that in in my local team's stadium, you know? Um yeah. Uh, it it yeah yeah just like Paul I'm I'm still tremendously optimistic. Um, third place will do for me because third place is as good as second. You know, uh, obviously I'd like first, yeah. but you know, uh, if if that happens, then brilliant. If it doesn't, well then let's 
just be one game away from Wembley instead, mm. you know. Um, yeah. Uh, and and uh, as Stuart says there, does you know, second and third are pretty, you, you don't know who's going to finish fourth, fifth, and you don't know who's going to win the two games between them. But mm. but you'd fancy Chesterfield's chances of beating anybody at home in a one-off match. And then you get to a one-off match, yeah, we only have to look back at Wrexham and Grimsby last season in the playoff semi-final. You know, mm. one-off match, anything can, absolutely anything can happen, good good or bad. Uh, uh, but I really can't see anybody getting promoted that's not called Chesterfield, North County or Wrexham, Dennis. Um, no, you would have to say that's highly unlikely. <laughs> I wouldn't say it, would, it couldn't happen, but uh, it, it would it would take a, a great optimist outside those three, wouldn't it? Um there, there is not a stockport that came from nowhere. We said that earlier uh, this time around. Just can't see it happening. So it, it will be a case of one team's going to be delighted. Two are going to be very disappointed. You hope that you're, you know, in that in that top three in any one of the positions. We all know which one we'd prefer. Um, and then you've just got to do the job, haven't you? You've got to take your chance and do the job. Um, because there is not, there is not going to be a change in the foreseeable to three up, three down, or, or anything like it. Um, on, I think until the football league um, take over the national league, which I know there are still rumours about that talks are ongoing to that thing. Um, the turkeys aren't going to vote for Christmas, I don't reckon. Um, it's always been a bit of an anomaly, hasn't it? Why? why four go up out of um, what is League 2 into League 1 and four come down, and it's three in every other division. I've never quite understood the, the logic of that. Um, so why not just make it three and three and three all the way down the pyramid until you get to what is effectively, uh, effectively regional football? Um, well, I suspect, and I don't know so, well, I don't know if Stuart knows anymore, but I suspect when the fourth division was formed at the end of the... We'd add... Uh, 30 years of Division 3 North and Division 3 mm. South. Mm. One team, only the champions went up. Mm. And I would have thought that part of the, well, we'll vote to have a Division 3 and a Division 4 if you make it easier to get out of it. Mm. Mm. That's been an element of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was all in the same club. It was all the Football League club at that time. You know, yeah. Was it was it Plymouth in the 20s or 30s, finished second, six yeah. years on the trot? <laughs> yeah, in Division 3 South, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, and never went up. You know, never have been in the top division. I don't think. Um, yeah, it, well, it was always four up, four down out of Division Three and Division Four when they were formed. But out of Division Three to two, it was still only two up, two down, wasn't it, for a long time? time. Mm. Yeah, you know, but, and then they expanded that to three. Clubs weren't really in, interested in the splitting the Division Three North into Division Three. No. And of course, Division One and Division Two, as was, only had twenty-two clubs in instead of twenty-four. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, who, who knows the reasons? But like you say, it is Turkey's voted for Christmas. But but as you look at League Two now, and I'm not looking at League Two now, you have got the Harrogates and the Crawleys and the mm-hmm. I know I consider in League One, but you know what I mean. You have got yeah. the team that have been in the Conference Stroke National League who'll be a bit more sympathetic. But of course, mm-hmm. vote's always a full yeah. football league vote. But the the Championship clubs take note i think of what they were being told by the lower division clubs on that and almost direct yeah. Out yeah. yeah and respect what they thought but as there are more and more and more of the non-traditional league clubs 
in there. You'd like to think that they'd be shouting the. Uh, um, no, no, you wouldn't want them to think now they've got there. Let's let's stay there at all costs. Mm. You know, if, if you'd like, you'd like to think perhaps that the better clubs in League Two would want to the bigger clubs in League Two would want to to replace clubs who might bring. 50 away fans with clubs that might bring 750 yeah you know, yeah yeah and make it easier to get out of this division for that reason if nothing yeah. else just financial reasons uh, uh, absolutely no question about that okay let's uh, finish up if there's any points that anybody wants to you know and any other business round robin or anything does have you was it yeah yeah couple, couple of points one i i was um delighted to be a guest of the club although the result was horrible um and and was winding down in the director's uh, box for the Dagenham game. Oh yeah. And uh, I happened to be sat next to our chairman and and his good lady wife at the dinner table, um, and they were saying how much they enjoyed this podcast. And when were we doing the next one? Or why didn't we do them more often? Because it, we were essential listening on on their long away trips. So um, there you go. We, we've got the royal approval from the top table at the club. Um, so that that's one thing. The other thing I stumbled across uh, last week was a documentary on YouTube called Gate Money. I don't know if you've yes. ever across it. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, um, which is a fascinating insight into the way <laughs> this National League has been run and was run particularly during the COVID uh, um, period uh, and the allocation of monies from Sport England and all, uh, sorry, Camelot and uh, and all that. It's a fascinating watch if you've got three quarters mm. of an hour to spend, um, just to have a look at it, and uh, you'll come away with your blood boiling a bit like I did, yes. I suspect. Yeah. But it's a it's a really good watch. So anyone that's got spare three quarters of an hour, I think it's called Gate Money, and and if you put it into YouTube, you'll uh, You'll you'll find it on there. It was very well done, I thought. Oh well, there, there's a. I I I I think I read a synopsis of it, and uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it a watch on your uh, your recommendation. Paul, any other business? Um, not really. I had a Sunday carvery at uh, the football club, which I recommend uh, entirely. It was very yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, you go large for the extra two pounds. Absolutely, yes, yeah. uh, certainly did. And it was very good, and we all had a good time. And it was, I recommend anybody to do it, and it's a good idea. So, it well is. done, Club. No question about it. And you can book that on your on the events page on the, yes. uh, yeah. the, the New Look website, but it's still the same uh, same bits and bobs. Um, still picking out a few bugs in the uh, uh, the, the website, including the uh, the scorers on the fixture list, which generally, if we'd scored three goals, it only gave two scorers' names. <laughs> Yeah, Aquasia Santi was gone missing, hasn't he, or something well, like that, wasn't yeah. it? The, uh, on the on the bio pages, Jez hasn't made it through just quite yet. So uh, um, yeah, uh, there's a, there's a few a few little bits and bobs uh, on there, including being able to buy your your shares. The United Spirites of America um, are are two shares from across the the pond. So uh, and I had a message at the weekend from an old school teacher, Neil Shepherd, who lives out in Florida. As well, so uh, plenty of interest burgeoning in uh, North America as we uh, as we speak. But no, no, the, I have to say the carvery is extremely good. There's no question about that. Stuart, 
Uh, well, I was fortunate enough to uh, about a week ago to spend some hours in the company of people that run the trust um, activities um, over out of the hub and the east stand. Um, and although I, you know, I pay my money, I come and watch the team, and I, I sit and and and, and watch it and tend to think I'm reasonably well informed about what goes on. I was absolutely gobsmacked to hear what they do do the actual sort of breadth and scope of what they do uh, some of the things that i that they were speaking about i can't i won't repeat on air but but um it's safe to say that the work that they do literally does save people's lives on occasion um and i can't tell you how proud i am that my club is involved in something like that and you know just to you know emphasize this as we're saying about listening to this podcast uh, we we always try on just about every program on 1866 sport on on match day to uh, bring either at half time or after the match uh interviews associated with the um, mm. the community trust and i know most people tune in and they listen to the match and then they turn off but yeah listen for 20 minutes afterwards we get the first reaction from the management and the and the, the changing room but we also do play some stuff about what Stuart's just been talking about uh about the community and you know i'm, I'm proud that we run that to let people know it and i know yes. I, uh, uh, I, i've i've sponsored me and my wife sylvia have, have sponsored um some places at camp inspire um which is a absolutely terrific uh initiative the one thing that i wanted to uh, say is look out it'll be this month i'm not sure exactly when it is but uh, uh a, a new supporters forum that uh, uh will be made up of a cross-section of supporters uh, linking in with the uh, uh, uh the board of directors and uh will, will be being launched and that will spawn a, a monthly uh, uh, i don't know what we're going to call it drop-in surgery type of uh uh, uh thing on a on a monthly basis so look pe- people look out for that it's an opportunity to bring supporters and the club ever closer together so uh a, a good initiative it's been talked about for a while and for a, a variety of reasons not got going but uh it's ready to get going i was there to meeting on saturday before the the docking match and it's uh it, it, it's it's more than bubbling under as we uh as we speak and i think there's a board meeting this week to hopefully sign off that sort of uh, stuff and give the authority to the the uh, right level of people. Paul, you got your finger up in the air. Either you're going to pick yes. got another point. No, I'd just like to speak, be able to speak to Paul Cook one day before the season's out, if that's possible. <laughs> well, I've not spoken to him for a while, other than meeting him in the car park or uh, or chatting with him uh, uh, off air. I, I think he came up. Did he come up? Uh, he Halifax. Relatively Halifax. It was Halifax. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, yeah, he, he he does come up, but but again, you know, I, I know the argument with Radio Sheffield, Paul. I'm not saying I agree with it, but uh, I, I know it. Uh, but equally, you know, he still is happy to keep out of the limelight as much as possible. And of course, what it's done is given everybody the loving with Danny Webb, who we were all devastated when we thought that he. Uh, <laughs> but clearly they got the wrong web didn't they yeah <laughs> his, his dad was gonna move there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, last time i saw yeah. him he looked all right but i didn't think he'd necessarily be doing 75 hours a week in yorkshire no <laughs> and best wishes to the david webb at york city because he's, he's not too well just at the moment is he no no um so hopefully he uh he, he recovers um pretty soon on the uh the touchline 
it was hired to do. And uh, nice little setup at York, wasn't it, Paul? I like it. Yeah, really, really good. Um, the seats are incredible for the press. They've got uh, padded seats with arms as well. Honestly, it's like luxury. Yeah. I mean, it was in the, Yorkshire, you know, it's luxury in Yorkshire. Plenty of room at Wimbledon for the press. Mm. That's right. Yeah, they've got a really nice ground. I quite like that because I went to the bar after the game, and uh, it's uh, it's very nice. I should say, not not London prices though. Yeah. Oh no, well, you know, they're 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 reasonably uh, they're reasonably um, good that way with uh, with with supporters. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just they're Don's Trust, the who are the only like like the uh, community trust. All the Don, the Don's Trust is a one member one vote organisation. They've just had their uh, elections, and a and an old supporter, direct colleague of mine, Kevin Rye, voted on there for the first time. So uh, good luck to Kevin, good luck to uh, to them. But they didn't have any luck on the day that they played us because we absolutely outplayed them. And that's why we need more promotion places to the EFL. So thanks for listening. Uh, might be on your way down to uh, some long distance match. Wilkeston or something, right? Yeah, it's longer than the trip to Scunthorpe, I think, this one, isn't it? So, <laughs> well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the first half going to Scunthorpe and the second half coming back, Phil. Perhaps. I hope we've done all right. <laughs> so from me, Phil Tooley, Paul Fisher, Stuart Basson and uh, Das Carpenter, we'll, we'll see you whenever we see you next time round. And uh, I think, I think, for various reasons, we'll all be together next time. We might even have a, a an opportunity for public to come and uh, listen to us and interact. You never know. In the still of the night, at dawn's early light, in fact, all day through, we'll be a spy right. This is we decide, we love and despise the ups and the downs. this podcast then don't forget to subscribe please rate and review us on spotify apple and google podcasts and many of your favorite podcast providers